Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. makes a very categorical statement in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12, and here it is. He or she that hath the Son hath life, and he or she that hath not the Son of God hath not life. There are only two parts to that verse, my friend. You either have the Son, that is, you truly know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, or you do not. Make no mistake about it that we all start out as have-nots. No one has always been a Christian. We don't come into the world loving God and knowing Christ personally. In fact, the Bible says quite the opposite. It says that we start out as enemies of God. And it's not very long before we start to show what the Bible calls wicked works. We start to show what we are really like. So then, do you have this life that the Bible talks about? Do you have Christ? Or are you in the second part of the verse... You don't have the Son of God, and you don't have life. In today's broadcast, evangelist Peter Ramsey speaks from this one verse and attempts to get his listeners to discover which part of the verse applies to them. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, we trust that this simple message will direct you to the only one who can give you eternal life. 1 John, that's not the Gospel of John, but it's towards the very end of your Bible, chapter 5, and one verse, verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life, and he or she that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's either or. You either have Christ or you don't have him. Read it again. He that hath the Son hath life, an abundant life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Then he said, But I am come that you might have life more abundantly. The life that the Lord Jesus is offering you is an abundant life, not a drab, boring life. It's an abundant life that this world cannot give you. He that hath the Son hath life, life, life eternal. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now you either have Christ or you don't. I chuckled. I, I had a suit on last night. I don't really notice what I had on last night, but it was only $12. The suit coat was made in Bangladesh, and the, the pants were made in Canada. You say, $12. The suit actually I have on tonight was, it's cost a lot more, but it was still a hand-me-down. My son-in-law grew out of it, and I had it tailored to fit me. 
But you know what I have? Amongst all the possessions that I have in life, we have a home, we have a car, we have a piano, we have a number of things. But of all the possessions that I have, there is one possession that I value more than any other possession. You know what it is? He that has the Son hath life. I have the Son, and I have life. Can you imagine having all those other things, but not having eternal life? Rummaging through your suitcases of life, saying, well, I have this, and I have that, and I have this, and I have that. But do you have Christ? He that has the Son hath life. This is the reliable, infallible, Word of God. It is like a letter from God. Everything that God wants you to know is in this book. And here's what God's letter to you says. He that has the Son has life. You're wondering about how you can go to heaven, how you can have eternal life? Through the Lord Jesus. He that has the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Just that simple. Seventy years ago, this year, Mr. Goldman, down in Oklahoma City, invented something in his Piggly Wiggly, that was the name of his grocery store, Piggly Wiggly Grocery Store, and it was called the shopping cart. And the shoppers rejected it. Give me those old handbags any day, they said. We'll have nothing to do with the shopping cart. And it was so resented and resisted that he had to hire models to come into the store and pretend that they were shoppers. And then once people saw cool people were using the shopping carts, then the locals started using the shopping carts. And they caught on, the shopping carts. And today, Murray Laidlaw invented a GPS-guided shopping cart. It's been upgraded since 1937. And you can get a shopping cart now that is a GPS unit on it. You pick it up and you go, it leads you up. You put what you want. It leads you up and down the shopping aisles. And you take down a product and it'll suggest a recipe. Come a long way. I want you to think of your life as a cart of life. You are going up and down the aisles of life. Ten years old. And then you turn a corner and you become eleven. And you're picking things up. You're making new friends. Just like someone goes into a shopping mall, into a grocery store, and they go up and down the aisles, and they take down a box of cereal, and they read the ingredients. No. Put that back up there. And they go down a little further, and they pick up a bag of raisins. Put it in. And they go up, turn a corner, and go down another aisle. And they say, should I... Cheesy's in here. It's junk food. I should really be buying healthy food. And uh, they hold it in their hands for a minute. Oh, well, just as once. And they put it in. Did you ever think of your life like that? Up and down the aisles of life. You're making choices every day. You're adding things to your life. Putting things in the shopping cart of life. I want to ask you, stop. You're not to the checkout yet. I'm not sure what aisle you're on. Maybe you're only a teenager. Check your cart. What do you have in it? I know what I have in my cart. 
I told you I have a house and I have a car and I have a family. I have a bank account. But I look into the shopping cart of my life and I say, thank God. I have the Son and I have eternal life. It's all settled. He's in the cart, so to speak. Do you have Christ? Is he in or is he still on the shelf of your life? That's what happens at gospel meetings. Someone comes in, parks their car, comes through the door, takes their seat, and we're so glad to see you here tonight. You hear about the Lord Jesus Christ as you've been hearing. This is a faithful saying and worthy to be accepted by all that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And you listen about why he came and who he came for. And you listen intently and you make a choice. You consider it for a 60-minute period. Just like taking a box off a shelf. And you consider Christ and then you think, not tonight. Put him back up on the shelf. Is there anyone here this evening and you've been thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ and you're thinking about putting him back up on the shelf? You make good choices. You make bad choices at a grocery store. Say, well, I need some, the basic necessities. I need some eggs and some cheese and chicken. But then you know there's an aisle that has the pretzels and it has the chips and the chocolate bars. I wonder what you're filling your cart of life up with. Is it good or bad? Some people try to fill it up with fun, fortune, friends, many things. One of these days you're going to arrive at the checkout and there's one essential item that you must have if you're ever going to be in heaven. Just like it might be fun to sit down on a Friday or Saturday night and munch on junk food. It's good for the moment. But is it what you need in the long haul? There are pleasures of this world and they are so fleeting. They just go by. You have them for one minute and then they're gone. Scott McLeod was a Christian son. He became a DJ at a nightclub. And I remember the night that he came to a gospel meeting and he stood outside after the gospel meeting and he said, what my father said was right. All the bubbles of life, you reach out for the bubble and you open your hand and it's gone. It's burst. That's all that life is. And maybe you have been going after things in life and you reach out and you say, this will satisfy me. This is what I need. Know what you need is Christ. He that has a son hath life. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need band-aid solutions. You don't need all of these other things. What you need is Christ. Do you have him tonight or not? One of the things that people really don't like about the gospel message is that it's just so black and white. There's nothing foggy, hazy, misty, about God's salvation, you either have Christ or you don't. Back home, we were speaking along these lines, and we thought she was a Christian. She had a Sunday school class. Very fine young lady, married with a child. That night in the meeting, she was going through her life, what she had in her shopping cart. 
She said, well, I attend the breaking of bread. I take the bread and the wine. I have a Sunday school class. And then she realized, but I don't have Christ. The next morning she called to say that she is Christ. Newfound joy. Do you have Christ? Do you have a moment, a conscious, a crystal clear, precise, precious, personal moment when you said, yes, Christ for me. In my sins, I'm going to hell. And you took him to be your own. He that has a son has life. Here's the great thing about it. Once you have him, you can't lose him. You can't lose eternal life. Now, do you have him tonight? It says, he that has not the Son of God has not life. There is not the slightest chance that you have eternal life. If you don't have Christ, you might have baptism. You might have a bunch of other things. But if you don't have the Son of God, you don't have life. Now, go over your life just now. Is Christ a living reality to you? Do you know him personally? Can you say, oh, yes, he's mine. Did you talk to him today? Just thank him today for dying on the cross for you? Do you have him or not? You can't be in heaven without him. You must have him. There are some things that you might like to have in life. You might like to have a good job. You might like to have nice vacations. You might like to wear expensive clothing. Those are things you might like to have. And then there are things that you probably should have. You probably should have a roof over your head. You probably do need a set of wheels. But then there are things you must have. You must have Christ if you're ever going to be in heaven. Choices. Down another aisle. Maybe it's education. A trade. 30. 40, you don't know when your shopping spree will end. Sometimes you arrive at the checkout a lot sooner than you expect in life. Let me ask you, do you intend to arrive at the checkout with Christ in or out? You say, what is a checkout? Well, you know when you go to the grocery store, fill up that shopping cart? They don't just go out through the door and go out and put all the food in the trunk, do they? They have to go to the checkout. And one by one, things are taken out of the cart. Ever been at the checkout? And you're standing there in the line. And you say, oh, whoa, I got to go back to the meat counter. And you make a mad scramble. You lose your place in the line. Let me tell you this. When you arrive at life's checkout, you may not have a chance to make a mad scramble back to pick up Christ. You missed him in life. You made other choices. You don't always get the time or the chance. You arrive at the checkout. One by one, things are taken out of the cart. The checkout is death. Death when you die. All the things you might have money. You might have a music collection. You might have friends. You might have a lot of numbers stored in your, in your cell phone. You might have all kinds of things. But when you arrive at the checkout, will you have Christ? It was a rather awkward day at Oxford University, that prestigious, world-renowned university in the year 2001. That's not that long ago. 
and they invited Michael Jackson to speak to the graduating class at Oxford. They hadn't experienced this before, that their big-name speaker would stand at a microphone and burst into tears more than once. They felt somewhat awkward about it. But Michael Jackson, he went on to talk about his childhood, what he had and what he didn't have, fame and fortune. He was good in his day, as far as his talent. The moonwalk, man, the way his legs could move, it just, it was fascinating. But you know what he said to the Oxford graduating class? He said, we are Generation O. And then he said, the O stands for a generation that has everything on the outside. Wealth, success, fancy clothing, fancy cars. And then he said, but an aching emptiness on the inside. And he went on to talk about the cavity in our chests. And he said, the barrenness at our core. Christ, you're empty without Christ. What a tragic way to arrive at life's checkout without Christ. Just a couple of years ago, a grade 8 student, just grade 8, not that old. She was suffering, had a lot of pain, went to the doctor, and Grace found out that she had inoperable cancer, a tumor that had wrapped around her spinal cord. I'm going to give you a little test. I want you to figure out whether Grace had Christ in her cart or not. They did all the treatments they could do on Grace. Then one day in 2004, the doctor came in and told Grace, Grace, we can't do anything else for you. And Grace knew then she probably was going to die. She wanted her friends at school to know what was happening. And so she wrote out something for her yearbook. And she tells her story. She talks about getting the cancer, the tumor. She says, I had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior a few years ago. She talks about being hospitalized. She said, since I was saved and a part of the family of God, when I get out of the hospital, I wanted to be baptized. I wanted my life to be a witness for Christ. I was consecrating my life to God. Today, she writes, I'm still fighting this horrible disease. And then she talks about the doctor telling her, these things, and she says, I can't imagine how difficult this experience would be without the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the day the doctor told her that she was probably going to die, this is what she wrote in her journal. I want you to listen. Could you write something like this in your journal? Dear Lord Jesus, I know everything is in your hands. It has always been. I don't know what your plan is, but I know you. Of course I want to get better, but you may have other plans. I accept whatever you do. I thank you so much for everything you have done for me. You may want me to be with you any day soon. I love you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and saving me from my sins. Lord, you have helped, comforted, calmed, and cheered me up. You brought me through a whole year and about three months. Now please let me be able to see the yearbook when it comes out. It's just two weeks, Lord. I want to see it. And those are the last words that Grace ever wrote in her diary. She was given exactly two weeks. 
And they brought the yearbook into her. And they showed her testimony in her yearbook. And then she went to the checkout. Do you think she had Christ or not? I think by her own testimony, Grace went to the checkout with Christ in the cart. Remember this, he that has the Son, he that hath the Son, hath life. But he that hath not the Son of God, hath not life. Please, don't put Christ back up on the shelf. You've heard about him. You're thinking about taking him to be your Savior. Don't put him back up. You need him. You can't be in heaven without him. Trust Christ tonight. We would all do well to consider how we would handle such a dire prognosis as this dear girl. Would we be able to face eternity with such confidence and assurance? Would we have the Son of God? Would we have eternal life? Yes, it's the central fact and concern of the gospel message. It's why Christ came into the world. Read 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12 again, and don't rest until you know for sure where you will be after you die. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.